0: Do you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done
1: yet. You, you personally? I think we ain't done yet.
2: Right. Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio, proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Rivera, as always, here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, how's it going, man? We are we're a few weeks removed from football, uh, and it's not great. Uh, but how you doing?
1: You know, it's uh, it's kind of boring. You know, I'm already kind of dreading the off season, considering that my NBA team the Lakers are just dreadful and uh yeah um as far as baseball goes who knows if there's gonna actually be a season so not too good but at least we could say that the Rams are you know Super Bowl champs so that helps
2: I'm thriving over here man I got to go watch the Sixers play in person yesterday uh James Harden's second game he had like a billion assists a billion points great uh, congrats to you guys. At least, at least for you guys, you can just check out of the NBA because the Lakers at this point are going to lose in the playing playing game.
1: I mean, at, at this point, the Lakers will be lucky to, you know, at least try and squeak their way into the playoff. But like, if I if any indication as it was last night against the Pelicans, yeah, I don't even know if that's going to happen.
2: <laughs> They're they're fucking terrible, man. They're really yeah. bad. They're
1: so bad. It's hilarious. No offense, guys. Uh, no, no, it's It's true. There, there's no way around it. They're terrible.
2: Listen, you won a championship two years ago. You've won like a trillion overall. So, whatever. And I, I mean, no offense to all the Lakers fans, including Johnny. I don't feel bad for you guys at all. <laughs> Too bad. You're not a no. suffering fan base. You're the fucking Lakers. All right. Most of us have been dealing with this forever. As Rams fans, we know what this feels like. Oh, like yeah. you're not gonna act like your franchise is a dumpster fire because you've had two bad years. <laughs>
1: yeah, point taken. Uh
2: well, we're doing player grades today. Uh round one of probably three of these podcasts, uh, grading all of the players that contributed or didn't contribute but were on the field. To the Los Angeles Rams twenty twenty-one season. I think I have forty-five people we need to grade. So there's gonna be a lot. We're gonna try and get through fifteen today. We'll see what happens. Uh before we get into it, I do wanna give a shout out to Nico Sports, uh sponsor of today's pod, who is selling collectible championship footballs. Uh the really cool if you haven't seen them, that's Nico Sports N I C K O. Wow, I spelled the wrong. N-I-K-C-O Sports. We're going to put a link in the podcast here. Uh, so if you're listening to the podcast, take a look at the description. There will be a link to get your hands on this commemorative Super Bowl football. And if you use our code Talk, you're going to get $10 off. Uh, it's a really cool football if you're into this kind of thing. So definitely check it out if you haven't. Also, Johnny, I do want to give a shout-out to uh, this guy who hooked me up on uh, Twitter this week. He's doing raffles, uh, raffling off a bunch of Super Bowl – gear. His handle is Ognam two one three O G N A M two One Three. Uh I entered a twenty dollar raffle where he was offering raffling a bunch of uh Super Bowl gear that the Rams won't fucking sell online for some reason. Uh and end up winning and I got a white Jalen Ramsey Super-, Ramsey Super Bowl patch jersey. So just wanted to give that guy dude a shout out. He's mailing it to me and everything. Uh that gotta, is, love that is the, awesome. yeah, gotta love the Rams fan base on Twitter, man. Uh we got a great group of fans on there for the most part. For the most part. Uh, well, taking a sip of water because I was just talking a lot. I'm going to talk more. Round one of player grades. Let's get into it. I mean, unless there's any uh, lingering Rams topics that you wanted to hit on before we hopped into this.
1: Uh, not really. I mean, pretty much all all the news is kind of old by this point. Uh, you know, new offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen. Uh, but yeah, at this point, everyone knows that already.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it is every fucking year, you know, like we rotate the offensive of staff, like clockwork, they're all in, they're all out. Uh, I have faith they'll do a good job because they somehow do it every year, uh, with that revolving door. Let's talk about some players. Uh, let's start where we started on almost every podcast this year. It feels fitting to first give out a grade, to Matthew Stafford. Obviously, the story of the season basically was Matthew Stafford. We traded Jared Goff and two first-round picks, as we all know, as all well beaten to death, for Stafford about 13 months ago. Uh, Stafford, a guy who's played in Detroit a long time, never really won anything, but was always a good player. Uh, and it was hard to gauge how good he truly was because he had no team success. And while he was playing great, he wasn't like... Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson-type dudes who were Hall of Famers uh, in a garbage situation. But Safford comes to the Rams. He throws for 4,886 yards in the regular season. That was third overall. 41 touchdowns, second most in the league, both of those behind Tom Brady. 17 interceptions, which was tied for the league lead alongside Trevor Lawrence. I don't remember if there's another player in there, but uh, tied with a rookie, not ideal. 63.8 QBR on the year that was fourth overall he graded out to an 86.1 overall QB grade on pro football focus that was seventh uh, those don't tell the full story because the reason the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford is because they believed he was the guy who could bring them to a championship despite having never won a playoff game before. And in the postseason, he goes 4-0, and completes 70% of his passes, 1,188 yards, nine touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, incredible comeback performances by him in multiple playoff games this year, and uh, just really all season, not even just playoffs, came up huge in the clutch as he's done his whole career. It, like, I feel like we've kind of wrapped up the Stafford thing. I mean, not, not the thing. Like, we're going to be talking about him for another year and hopefully many more beyond that. But clearly, a successful trade. It all worked out. We're here. We broke the bank to bring in a guy who could win us a championship, and he did in the first year. Uh, I will give him an A. I'm not going to give him an A+, plus because <laughs> we got some rough moments during the regular season. You know, you lead the league in interceptions, you got to get docked a couple points for that. But overall, I mean, clearly an A, uh, was a leader on this team, was an absolute monster when we needed him the most. Sure, he lost a couple games for us in the regular season, but who fucking cares, man? He did not do that in the playoffs. And even the games where in the playoffs we were throwing the game away uh, in the Tampa Bay game, that was not even on him. And he picked up the slack from the guys throwing away the game and came up huge with that late uh, big completion to Cooper cup in that game. It's an easy a for me, maybe the easiest grade on the list.
1: Yeah, as far as uh, Matthew Stafford is concerned, anyone that is too overly critical of the guy, uh, why, you know, uh, that this was essentially a gamble and, and that's very understandably. So, but I think for anybody that's very critical of this guy, was kind of you know fantasizing this guy going uh over 6000 passing yards and, and and you know is it is it doable with this offense i suppose but i i mean really that's not that's not the goal here you know individual stats are nice and you know it's it's kind of nice to say that your team has a uh mvp on on the roster but who the hell cares if you don't bring home the, uh, the Bowl trophy, you know, that's the goal. Any, any team player will gladly trade in their MVP trophy to bring home the Lombardi trophy. That's, that's pretty much all that needs to be said. Now, that being said, Matthew Stafford didn't have a flawless year at all. And, uh, There was quite a few times, especially during the regular season, it was borderline frustrating because obviously this guy has oodles of talent, and all of a sudden, you know, you you kind of get that good feeling gone when he's throwing a pick six when all he had to do was throw it out of bounds, you know. It it it, (laughs) that's where throws it out, never throws it away. All, all, All of although. To be fair, in the playoffs, he learned to throw the ball away. Like all of a sudden, I, I'm like, "Where the hell was this during the regular season?" Seriously, some regular season games could have been won had he just thrown the fucking ball away. Uh, but you know that's either you know neither here or there. But um, overall, I I give him a B plus. Uh, I yeah. know. I, I thought I, I was <laughs> being harsh. No, I mean, you know, I, I, B plus is still a damn good grade. Yeah, no, you know, I,
2: I got tons of B pluses in my career.
1: Yeah. Oh, same, but, uh, but you know, B plus is still a very good grade. It's still very fair. Um, I think a is when you can say you had a really flawless or close to flawless year. And that's not necessarily the case for Matthew Stafford. Um, and again, not not criticizing him too much here. I think B plus is a fair grade, and and you know it, if he just simply threw the ball away a couple of times, I think that it would easily be an A minus A. But um, yeah, I, I think a B plus is kind of a fair grade. It it's fair. He got
2: a playoff bump for me. Uh, if it was just a regular season, it probably would have been B plus A minus. And I should I I should caveat too because we didn't say this, but. Uh, We've been doing this a while, so it's kind of understood for us. When we do grades, uh, we are, I would say it's kind of on a curve where we are grading against A, expectation, and B, results. Uh, Like, I will say the next player on the list did not have as good of a year as Matthew Stafford, but I gave him a better grade because it was expectations uh, were not the level they were for Stafford, who we brought in to... Basically played an MVP level in reality for what we gave up for him, and he did for the most part, uh, but not every week, like you said. So I, I don't think it's I don't think it's too unfair. Uh, but I was just shocked because you sounded higher on him than I I did before you gave the grade. <laughs> and and let me say this: the grades are silly. None of this really matters. It's just a fun way to recap the season.
1: Yeah, it's not like Matthew Stafford is gonna, you know, write me an angry letter or anything. He's yeah, gonna be like, "Who the hell is Johnny Gomez?" It's
2: not gonna get GPA. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, he might, uh, he might send Steve, you know, uh, uh, you know, a box of cookies or something like that, saying thank you. <laughs>
2: he'll be mad that I didn't give him the A plus. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've <laughs> we've talked about Stafford a shitload this year. We don't, we, well, I'm sure we'll talk about him probably every podcast for the rest of his tenure as a Ram. Um, So we can move on to the next guy, who I think we're both going to be very excited about. Ernest Jones, linebacker, rookie, late third-round pick. He In in the regular season, 15 games and seven starts, 61 total tackles, uh, one sack, two interceptions, four passes defended, and a huge performance by him in the Super Bowl, which the stats don't account for. Yeah. Cannot be understated how how huge he was coming back from an injury in that game and playing at the level he did. As a rookie, you know, in his real first meaningful, like, not, I, okay, the, he played the week before, but, like, his first real genuine, like, every snap playoff guy uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, his pro football focus gave him a 61.4 grade, 32nd among inside linebackers, I mean, for a rookie, especially of his caliber, That's a solid score to me, Um, for Pro Football Focus too. I should caveat those stats are never perfect, um, but they're good. I think they're a good indicator for positions that the naked eye and the 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 basic level stats don't really tell the whole story for. Uh, And specifically with Jones, he graded out as the fifteenth best linebacker in coverage and the eighth best in pass rushing. So basically, as a pass defender, he was great. And that was kind of the book on what his weaknesses were coming out of college. So he steps in year one and is already excelling at the things that really knocked him down to a late third round pick. Uh, For me, he is an A+. He was a late third round pick. He's easily the best linebacker on the football team, which is a very low bar. But he not only did that, he played really well. He played like a good linebacker. He didn't just play like better than the other guys uh and so it's an a plus for me like i said it's based on expectations uh he blew me away and i'm really glad they drafted him. i'm really excited to see how his career progresses over the next few years
1: yeah without a doubt the uh ernest jones certainly went above expectations and and i think you know obviously the Rams bringing in an inside linebacker for is short of a miracle in and of itself, and for a rookie to step in and essentially take claim the starting role, even with guys like Troy Reader um, starting in front of him, it, it's still a tall task because this it, it's not like the Rams drafted Ernest Jones in the first round. You know th- this was. Uh, a later round guy, you know, fourth round, uh, third, third round, right? Third, third
2: round, but third round compensatory. So like he got picked in, I think he, he got picked 103. So okay, basically well, have fourth, it. but yeah, third technically.
1: Okay. So, I mean, that being said, I mean, this isn't really a guy that you expected to come in and play so well, you know, clearly he was the best rookie, uh, for the Rams. By far, like it doesn't even come close Um as I mean, the next best guy would what be Robert Rochelle. Yeah. Yeah. What? And so he's really
2: the only, not that Rochelle didn't contribute at all, but he's the only rookie who really contributed in a meaningful way to the championship run.
1: Yeah. And, and he did, you know, even when that, uh, when he finally, you know, took over the, the starting role, and he, um, went out for a couple weeks due to an injury, his, his presence being gone was definitely felt. And teams did try to exploit the, the middle of the field a lot more because, uh, as Steve mentioned, this was, you know, maybe it wasn't perfect in, in, uh, past coverage, but he was certainly, um, a lot better than any of our options that we had beforehand. So, uh, you you can't help but be but be excited for this guy's future and uh, especially you know now that he has one season under his belt. Hopefully he continues to develop uh, and the fact that Raheem Morris is coming back, which is a miracle of in and of itself. Um, but yeah, him developing him even more. I, I think this is going to be a, a a excellent year ahead of him in twenty twenty two. So. Yeah, myself uh I, I gave him a solid A. I, I think um considering expectations and everything, I, I don't know if any of us was really expecting him to uh be nearly as successful as he was.
2: I, I think it wouldn't have surprised every anyone if he was the best linebacker on the team this year, but it would surprise people to see him play like not only looking like an NFL player, like looking like a really legit guy, like really knows what he's doing out there. I, this is the third straight year that the Rams have drafted a guy after the hundredth pick that has really just come in and picked it up immediately. With Jordan Fuller last year and David Edwards the year before, guys that just showed up when they got the call. Uh, they look like they've been out there for for a long time. Uh, Jones, I would say not on the level of those two guys, but still at a very high level. Uh, next guy on my list, I got Sony Michelle Rams traded a fourth and a sixth round pick for Michelle after Cam Akers went down with an injury to add some depth to the unit. He ended up being for a brief period of time, the lead back, uh, for a bit, a complimentary role behind Daryl Henderson, but on the year, 845 yards and four touchdowns. Average four yards a carry. So if he ran the ball every play, they would have gotten the first down every drive. <laughs> um, 21 catches, for 128 yards, and a touchdown on 33 targets. Uh, fairly quiet in the playoffs, though. Did make some big plays um, down the stretch. Uh, mainly playing behind Cam Akers, So, Pro Football Focus graded him as the 52nd best running back on the year at a 63.1. Though, to show the flaws in the stats, he was right behind Alvin Kamara at fifty one. So again, uh, do y- <laughs> I fucking hate that I am about to say this, but do your own research on these grades. God help me. Uh, but I am g- giving him a, a, a B plus. He's it, I, I, I I didn't have sky high expectations for him based on the last couple years in New England, but he came in. He was solid. He's reliable. He's consistent. Uh, you know, never really came out and blew us away most of the time, but it was always solid. Like it felt like you knew what you were going to get was, which is a solid, reliable running back. Uh, I don't think he's going to be back here next year, but like every trade we made this year, shit, it, it moved us once up closer to a championship. And I, 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 I know he didn't contribute in huge ways in the playoffs, but I, I, we needed Michelle's presence big time during plenty of games in the regular season to get there.
1: So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Steve. I think B-plus is a fair grade, and par- partially because, you know, may- maybe wasn't the impact player that, you know, you kind of need at running back. But put simply, the Rams don't get to the playoffs without him. You know, for, for the stretch that Daryl Henderson was injured, and then, of course, Cam Akers hadn't been activated yet, Sonny Michel carried the ground game for a while. And, you know, he kind of struggled early on, which makes sense considering he barely joined the team like weeks before the season started. Not even like preseason. It was weeks before the regular season started. And that in and of itself... Days before the regular season started. Was it? Well, there you go. Days. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So that in and of itself is impressive. He comes in, he learns an entirely new offense. And keep in mind that Sean McVay's offense is a complex offense. This isn't something you know he he doesn't run it very uh, simplified offense. So for him to learn the offense and then adjust and then play at a high level, you you got to give uh, you got to give a major kudos to him there. Um, again, maybe not that you know huge huge impact player, but certainly a really good contributor and considering expectations, I mean this was essentially a guy that we thought was just gonna sit behind Daryl Henderson, but unfortunately Daryl Henderson got injured and you know what he sees he sees the moment he stepped up and um was a was a really good contributor late later on in the season
2: yeah. We uh, we needed him, man. Uh, I mean, we really needed him to to win this year overall. Uh, He's definitely. I'm fine. I'm fine with trading a fourth round pick for what we got out of him, uh, for sure.
1: No doubt about it.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
2: So uh, for those sitting at home, remembering that these are usually a more little more negative than these, uh, listen, we won the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of sunshine and roses in this podcast. Uh, but <laughs> let's talk about David Long, uh, cornerback called up to the really, I'm, not how it better better so says, like not really a contributor at all for the first two years of his career. This is year three, called upon to replace Troy Hill. Uh, And the first couple games of the season, he looked like he belonged in the USFL. He allowed, on the year, 35 catches on 52 targets for 457 yards. Uh, The 70th best cornerback on Pro Football Focus at 60.8. They also gave him a negative 4.3 coverage rating. He had 40 tackles, four passes defended, interception. Um, Played really bad, got benched. Later on in the year, we had to call on his number, and in his credit, later season David Long looked a lot better than early season David Long. Like, not enough for me to sit here and say this is a guy I believe in long term, but he made some big plays down the stretch for us, which was shocking given just how horrible he looked at the beginning of the year. So he's kind of a tough player to grade. Uh, because if it wasn't for that late-season resurgence, this would be an easy F for me. Um, but he did make some meaningful plays down in the playoffs. You know, he wasn't, like, lighting the world on fire. But uh, I-, I think it was – was it the NFC Championship where he came out and just played a really, really good game of football? Um, like, like he made some he, – he, he was productive in the playoffs, and so I'm going to up him to a C-minus. Given that, he'll give him a little playoff bump. But uh, I'm interested to see what they do at this position next year. I I think they really believe in Robert Rochelle, and I think he's probably going to be a starter next year. But depending on what, with Williams and Dayon, and if they add anyone in free agency or the draft, David Long might, once again, be a day one starter next year. So uh, he's got some work to do, but it was nice to see him progress a little bit as the season went on.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, David Long. <laughs> it's a
2: tough one. Cause I'm yeah. not crazy, right? Like he did play a lot better after uh, he had to come back and get some minutes.
1: Yeah. So before I I, I get to the to the rose colored glasses there for a second, the um, <laughs> if you really look at for the majority of the season, he was hard. He was hot garbage, man. There was absolutely – <laughs> there, there was teams out there that knew exactly what to do if they got the ball off. You know, they essentially were not going to throw the ball to Jalen Ramsey's way. Um, they could try and throw it on, on Darius Williams, but why if David Long is right there? And, yeah, I mean, he, he just – presented absolutely zero coverage and it showed like they, he was the clear weak point and it, it was tough to actually watch that because the Rams even had to throw in Robert Rochelle a rookie who was an extremely raw rookie and Rochelle did outperform him early on in the year Mind you, it wasn't like anything spectacular, no, but it was not very good either. Like it wasn't like he was playing well, Uh
2: but it, he it was better.
1: He was better though. That that that's at least with Rochelle, you can kind of make the excuse that he was an extremely raw rookie, so you almost expected that of him. But with David Long, this was a guy that was highly touted all out of out of college, and. You know, this is his opportunity to, you know, kind of get some meaningful playing time, especially considering that, you know, he played behind Troy Hill. He played behind Jalen Ramsey, so on and so forth. And he just, he's as bad as you would think, since if he was any good, obviously he would kind of fight for some playing time. And our worst fears kind of came true. Now, that's an awful lot of negativity, and it's well-deserved, but on the... <laughs> uh, I don't know why that made me laugh. I, I mean, it was. I mean, you're I'm not, being really... <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> but as far as, you know, given his opportunity to shine in a moment where the Rams truly needed him, which was the playoffs. Hey, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but he played a lot better than we had seen him all season long. And, you know, he had his games where he would show up. He'd show some potential here and there, but in the playoffs, he looked a lot better, you know, and that's certainly played above my expectations. Uh, especially considering at this point I had zero expectations. Yeah,
2: and you Um, were being nice there too. Like, he didn't show any potential during the regular season. Like, it was just the playoffs. But it was enough for me to give his grade out of the gutter because he really did look productive, which was crazy.
1: Hey, I I mean, if there's any time to shine, it's during the playoffs, and he did. Now, mind you, that doesn't make me feel any any more comfortable uh, in terms of free agency because at this point, he might be starting opposite side of of Jalen Ramsey, which I hope not. That's not true, um, but that's that's another argument for another day. For now, I give him a, a D plus. Like I, I would be really struggling to find a way to to go above that, because yes, he did step up and perform better than what he did all season in the playoffs, and that does count for something. But, boy, did he, did he like, really disappoint. And you have to keep in mind that, no, I didn't expect a whole lot going into the year. But you still held on to some form of hope considering all the hype that surrounded him from his college days. It just hasn't translated well into the NFL so far. So I think D-plus is a fair grade.
2: And well, he was also a third-round pick. So, like, a lot of the hype from his college days was us talking ourselves into the pick which we did and then some and it, 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 there was hype though like i he felt like a steal at the time but if he was really that hyped up he wouldn't have been a third round pick um but yeah no i i don't i don't disagree with any of that he's it's gonna be a tough sell if he's our second or third corner going into next season we'll see we'll see what they're doing for agency let's go to odell Odell Beckham Jr., uh, obviously a f- mid-season free agency acquisition. I believe they signed him to a one-year deal, $4.5 million worth up to about nine in incentives, and I'm pretty sure he got them all. So good for him, uh, including the playoffs, which isn't including all these stats, but kind of has to do with Odell because you only had him half the year. 74 targets, 48 catches, 593 yards, seven touchdowns, and that's in 12 games. So they're, they're not mind-blowing numbers. But, uh, like, the stats don't tell the whole story with Odell. He was 74.8 pro football focus rating, and thirty that's 31st among all wide receivers, right between Mike Evans and Darnell Mooney. The, a couple slots behind Robert Woods, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, with Odell, like, he, he he wasn't, like, putting up, you know, the yardage totals weren't crazy, but the things that he brought the most were, A, just... He was a great red zone threat, and in the regular season, he I felt like he was scoring every game he played in. Um, a red zone threat that like we haven't had a red zone threat in a long time, uh, re- like a really long time. Like the like if you want to count Sammy Watkins, then that's the last red zone threat we had. True red zone threat that we've had. Um, I mean, I guess Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup is now, but like like a real like. Throw a fade to this guy, he'll go get it. Because before Sammy Watkins, it, it, might, it might be Tory Hall. Uh, and, and if he was, if we even consider him, you know, that type of guy, uh, obviously it should be Hall of Famer. But you know what I mean? I I like with Odell. You know, it's it's hard for me to give him anything lower than an A uh, for the baggage that this guy brought in. You know, perceived baggage. I would say because I think a lot of it was overblown. Uh, but at the same time, he did kind of force his way out of Cleveland. He for coming in midseason and expecting to be in a role where he was really going to be the third receiver in split snaps, maybe even with guys like Van Jefferson to Robert Woods going down and having to step in and be a relied on playmaker. The second guy in this passing game almost immediately. Uh, I give him an A, man. He stepped in. He did everything that he we asked of him. He bought in. He was great around, like, a great guy just by all accounts to have on this roster, uh, and he's a fucking stud, man. I mean, you got reminded why this guy was so hyped and touted throughout his Giants days, and it kind of it just withered away in Cleveland for whatever reason. And, you know, based on his performance here, it seems like a knock on Cleveland more than a knock on Odell. Uh, it's a guy that I, I it sucks that he got injured in the Super Bowl. These numbers would be a lot higher if he played in that game because he was cooking early. Uh, but it's a guy that I hope they prioritize and I hope they bring back.
1: Without a doubt, this is an A plus. Like that, there's not a whole lot more to say. It's just I I know that like maybe if you look go by stats, particularly receiving yards, it's not like oh my god, Odell was. You know, getting all these receiving yards, and you know he was giving uh, Cooper Cup a run for his money, and, and no, no, he wasn't. But at the same time, you have to realize that Odell came, you know, at past midseason, right? It was it was a couple games past midseason, right?
2: It, it was. I I think this was Week Nine or Week Ten. It was like right at week. Like he played. Uh, he played twelve games total. So four of those are playoff games. So eight games in a now 17 game season, basically midseason
1: So there you go. the, to come into an entirely new offense midseason you know, you're, you're trying to develop some kind of chemistry. It, it's not easy for any player to come in and, and play at a, at a level that he did. Um, and mind you, there was some bumps along the way. There was some miscommunications between him and Stafford, which is to be expected. You know, it, it's very rare that uh, that any player could come in midseason and just dominate right away. Um, but as the season went on, he got progressively and progressively better and more comfortable. And being that red zone threat was huge. And something that, you didn't really see a lot of in, in, uh, in Cleveland. So um, the fact that he was able to resurrect his career and being honest from my point of view as well, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. You know, this was obviously before we heard Robert Woods going down with the injury, so that sucked. But um, he came in and he became that one-two punch with uh, Cooper Cup as the season went on but more importantly one of the reasons why it's not just his contributions on the field it's also his impact as a leader in the locker room i feel like that's kind of something that you know been overlooked overall you could see his maturity level just continue to um you know develop in los angeles and it it came to the point that He's not only developed a fan base within LA, but he's also developed uh, a highly a high respect within his team. So, all that put together, that's a hell of a success for him being a mid mid season acquisition. So, a plus for me, no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, he really shut all of his critics up. Um, bought in. You know, and like, yeah, I got nobody's expectations could have been too high because he didn't, He, he the way he signed on, you would expect him to be the third wide receiver. It's just things changed very quickly, basically, as soon as he got here. So kudos to him for adapting quick, man. It was great to see. Uh, we're at like 35 minutes. I think we've gone through five players. Uh, so this is great. Uh Here's a guy who probably not too much to say. Greg Gaines, defensive tackle. 69.8 on pro football focus. 27th among uh, interior tackles. Played 13 games. 55 total tackles. 4.5 sacks. 13 QB hits. 4 tackles for loss. Guy that was called upon to step in after Sebastian Joseph Day, who was the original starter, went down for a year. That injury that kept him out basically the entire season. Uh, I think he made a cameo appearance in the Super Bowl. But... For a guy like Greg Gaines, who, to me, just felt like a warm body on the field uh, whenever he was out there, didn't really impress. He stepped in and played some really good football. Uh, and was really impressive and made, I wouldn't say made Sebastian Joseph Day expendable, but, you know, if he walks in for agency, we're probably not really going to add anyone In with a meaningful chunk of change to this group because Gaines stepped in and, I would say, played as well as Sebastian today did. He's the best dive tackler in football, apparently. Uh, (laughs) Deceptively fast for uh, a little pudgy lineman. It looks so quick chasing quarterbacks, which is crazy. Uh, He's a great rotational tackle, and is someone I feel good about just having on the depth chart for a long time. Uh, He's an A for me. What about you?
1: A-plus no doubt about it Uh, I mean again given given expectation this was a guy that you felt like was not gonna contribute a whole lot this season and in, in in the end he was kind of this year's Morgan Fox like he he was that impactful especially stepping up in a time where the Rams really needed him because losing Sebastian Joseph Day hurt a lot considering that uh, before he, uh, Joseph Day got hurt, he was having a hell of a year. So the fact that he was able to step in, and I, I mean, yeah, he did make, make, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, expendable. Uh, obviously, you'd like to bring him back, but, uh, let's face it, that's probably not going to happen. And so, yeah, in the end, Greg Gaines really became such a vital asset to this team that, um, yeah, I I have no doubt in my mind that he's an A plus.
2: No argument from me. Uh, a little higher than me, but I, I could have easily given an A plus and not thought twice about it. Twice about it. Um, speaking of A pluses, how about we talk about our guy Brandon Powell, Johnny? Uh, Brandon Powell, the kick returner, punt returner that the Rams added very late in the season. He played six regular season games. Uh. It, uh, for players that had more than one punt return in the regular season this year, Brandon Powell led the NFL in yards per punt return. Uh, I think he had about six six returns taken for like 133 yards. One of two players in the league this year to return a punt for a touchdown along with Jakeem Grant, and he did all this in six games, six games, uh, and he made his presence felt in the playoffs too. This is after two years of just torture at this position. Uh, it might even be longer than two years. <laughs> if Blizzard was bad guys before, you know we fucking love this dude. I'm giving him an A plus uh, plus plus. The only guy I'm giving higher than an A plus because, goddamn man, uh, there were no expectations for this guy, <laughs> like none, and he walked in and basically saved that unit from. Like, they, that, that unit we forget because it was so long ago and we won the Super Bowl. They were actively contributing against the team's success, the punt return unit. Uh, they Everyone was fielding the wrong punts. There were fumbles. Uh, and Pal came in and basically solved everything overnight. I uh, just love this guy, man. He's got to be back next year. I'll be distraught if he's not.
1: There's a reason why I call him the savior and, and it's because he did, he saved this return special uh, return specialist unit. I mean, (laughs) there's not much more to say than, yeah, I mean, this guy came in with zero expectations. Nobody even really knew who he was until he started, you know, making some awesome returns and it, got to the point where, like, he, he's a key free agent, in my opinion. This is a guy, in my opinion, that uh, the Rams absolutely need to bring back. And there's, uh, there's quite a few free agents the Rams have. And, yeah, you'd like to bring back a lot of them. And maybe he's not the biggest name, but he's certainly up there as one of the biggest needs to return for this team, especially because – if, if he doesn't return, do we send Cooper cup back out there? I, I would hope not. They still uh, do. Even while he's here, dude, uh, not, yeah, not touching
2: that one today.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's that, that's a story for another day, but, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I totally agree with you a, and the like million pluses that you put there. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you, man.
2: This is his fifth team. He's been floating around the league since 2018, the hell's everybody doing
1: i mean <laughs> that just shows uh that the rams have a knack for evaluating talent i it, mean it,
2: it's crazy when guys like this just randomly pop up uh and just contribute Uh for, he needs to come back if it's all downhill for here from brandon powell which i don't think it will be but if it is a, a truly meaningful contributor on a super bowl team out of nowhere uh, will always love the guy no matter what happens from here. I I'm gonna skip around here so we don't give it like a fifth straight A plus. Troy Reader, Troy Reader, starting linebacker all year. Uh, Ninety one tackles, forty eight of them solo. Had two sacks, four QB hits, six passes defended. Uh, really graded out well too. Surprisingly, uh, the analytics actually really favor Troy Reader. Uh, he's an analytical darling. I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, it was a 43.1 on pro football focus. That's the 74th highest grade among linebackers really, uh, did what's the opposite of shine dulled, really dulled in pass coverage. Uh, he was a 34.8 coverage grade, uh, quarterbacks targeting Joe, Troy Rito this year at a 92.98 passer rating. He lost 50 catches, uh, for 361 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, on fifty-one targets, I don't think that's accurate. I I, I have to confirm that because that sounds insane. Um, I, I think I fucked up the catches versus targets there. My my grade for Troy Reader is uh, a D, and he would be an F, but because we're grading on expectations, I had no, I did not think this guy was good before the year. Uh, and occasionally he looked okay, uh, but mostly he didn't. Uh, He's bad. He's a true liability on this defense. Uh, He's a restricted free agent, so he'll probably be back. And, like, I guess if he's your third linebacker, like, that's fine. But I really hope he's not starting next year. We've done this rodeo enough. Like, what more evidence do we need to see that this guy is not the answer? I mean, they gave him the green dot for a playoff game and then just took it away like i i don't know what more proof they need to know that he is not like not a productive player in this position
1: you know um in, in terms of a backup in terms of a, a special teamer i think Troy Rigler is a, a is a great player to have but as a starter he he is not a starter he he should not be a starter for any team and this is more of a fail on on uh, you know the Rams front office part, maybe even the the coaching staff's part. Because while, well, like I said, I, I I don't mind having Troy Reader on this roster, but he should be a backup at best, you know, a special teamer at best. Having him out there as a starter is is not a good idea, and, and it showed again in you know twenty twenty one. So. I didn't have a whole lot to expect from him. Um, And there were games where he was an absolute liability, but there were also games. I felt like he was better than I expected for sure. Um, and, And I can't overlook that because I would say that there was far more games where he did about what I would expect or better than there were games where I felt like he was a liability. So for me, I gave him a C minus. I I can understand why you would give him a lower grade because you would hope that he would improve over time. But let's face it: do any of us, really expect him to improve over from compared to last year? Uh, I didn't.
2: <laughs> no, I guess not. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the moments of productivity were few and far between for me there were an occasional few good games though but i don't know if i like any quarterback who knew what they were doing just targeted him at will. uh and by the way it was 40 catches on 51 targets not 50 uh (laughs) like that would have been that even even as one of the biggest Troy reader critics like even i knew that was not true so sorry about that (laughs)
1: <laughs> Steve wanted to emphasize his uh displeasure. I spent
2: I spent an extra thirty minutes preparing for this podcast taking notes and I still fucked it up. Uh <laughs> yeah. Well we'll probably be talking about Troy Reader again next year, so shit, whatever. Uh big wit, Andrew Whitworth, our starting beloved left tackle. At age forty, he was the fourth best tackle on Pro Football Focus with an eighty seven point two grade this season it was his highest graded season on the rams uh, i think it was like his third highest grade overall he had a couple better in cincinnati uh, he was the highest graded pass protector in football uh, according to probable focus he did allow five sacks this year but only 16 pressures i mean you you lay all those stats out there the guy's fucking 40 like i don't know how you don't give an a plus
1: yeah, I, I don't understand how you couldn't give him an A-plus either uh, because, I, I mean, this, this guy's been dominant since putting on a Ram uniform, and it, it still amazes me to this day considering that he even coming to the Rams, he was kind of on the decline of his career, and you'd never know it. I mean, he's performed at such a high level, and even what could potentially be his last year, he still played like one of the best left tackles in the league. How, like, like, how does that even compute? Because this is, this is a guy that's, you know, you know, entering like, is he 40 yet? Or is he entering his forties?
2: I I think he's 40. I I think he just turned 40.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, damn. I I don't know too many offensive linemen that can be as good as Whitworth is for as long as he's been. And it's to the point where, like, the the kind of the debate that Andrew Whitworth finds himself in is, yeah, he could come back in 2022 because he could still be that good in 2022. And, And I don't think anybody would disagree with that. But why? I, I mean, he he got his Super Bowl ring, and uh, what left is there to prove other than maybe getting another one? So yeah, I I, I think it. Even if you're as high on Andrew Whitworth as we were, um, you still can't help but be impressed with his performance in 2021. So yeah, absolutely a plus. That one of the easier ones to to uh, talk about here.
2: Yeah, uh, oldest player in the league. If he comes back, there are four players left in his draft class that are still in the NFL. Oh, six. Two of them are kickers, uh, and the other one is Mercedes Lewis, uh, another geezer. Uh, Nice fun fact for (laughs) y'all. Mercedes Lewis
1: was a Bruin. He was indeed. How old were How old were you when he went there? Like (laughs) thirteen. i was i was pretty young <laughs> i i remember too like i i, I was for surely in high school uh but yeah mercedes lewis he was a beast at ucla man he, he, he's had a good nfl
2: career too uh he, he, i mean he's still playing which is insane for how good he was in the nfl um tight end too yeah yeah it's a long time for for tight end for sure Let's talk about Robert Woods, uh, a guy we have been talked about in quite some time. I uh, obviously only played in nine games, but had 45 catches for 556 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, averaged about five catches for 61.8 yards and a half a touchdown. Uh, yards and catches; those were both his second lowest numbers in his five years in LA uh yards i believe was last year was his lowest 2020 um 75.7 on pro football focus he was 29th among receivers he did have the best run blocking grade out of the receivers he's a weird one to grade because a- injury aside so we're talking pre-injury he was like shockingly not benefiting from stafford being there it was really, like, the only guy on the team, it felt like, who wasn't benefiting from it. Now, it's not to say that he was bad, because he wasn't. Um, and, you know, like, you notice the things that he brought to the offense that you don't really see in the stat, the stats when he wasn't there. Uh, obviously, he's an incredible run blocker. Uh, they used him a decent amount of sweeps and such, so they didn't use him a ton this year. But... Um, but I, I don't know, man, I, I gave him a B minus and that's not, that's not saying at all that I'm out on Robert Woods, but you expect him to, you expected both him and Cup to kind of up their game when Safford comes to town and, you know, you don't expect Cup to up it at the level he upped it, of course. But it, like, I, I just remember, you know, we're, we're a long way away from it now, but I feel like none of us were, like, feeling great about how Robert Woods was playing early in the season. It did get better uh, over his last couple games, and I'm thrilled to get him back. And you know what he brings to this offense beyond catching the football is arguably more valuable than what he does do catching the football. Uh, but, like, I-, I wouldn't feel comfortable giving him, like, a really high grade because it wasn't his best year.
1: You, uh, This was one that I kind of dreaded rating because a, as a player a, as as a guy that has been on the Rams for a while now he's one of the most respected players and for a good reason you know uh you you could see even guys like odell who was who was completely new to this team had an awful lot of respect for robert woods and it's it's very well deserved um but if we're going to look at this you know rationally and fairly without you know uh being a total homer here you you can't help but you you can't overlook what he contributed when he was healthy um still very effective still you know a guy that you know drew player uh drew uh defenders away from guys like Cooper cup that I think did help benefit. Uh, cup in in the long run you know when he was healthy but at the same time like he clearly wasn't the same Robert Woods we had seen in past years and part of that is I I saw quite a few more drop passes from him which was very unlike him Um, and you know that being said it's not just about the receiving numbers. One thing to consider is things like his blocking skills, still one of the more effective blockers on this team. And, and really in the NFL, not just on the Rams. Um, So it's overall his, his contribution. You have to look at not just at the numbers Um, and evidence of him, you know, still being as good as he was is when you saw him away from the Rams, there was a, there was a struggle on particularly the passing game when he went down and OBJ was still learning the offense. That kind of shows a little bit the impact that he has on this team. So all that being said, I gave him a B minus as well. I, I think that's a fair grade because, you know, it wasn't one of his better seasons and here's hoping that once he recovers, he'll come back, um, and come back better than ever. We'll see.
2: Yeah, and and like glass half full, like it wasn't really like I, I didn't feel like he regressed much as a player. Like it didn't look like he lost a step or anything. He just wasn't like producing at the level you you'd hoped he would. Uh, for me, it felt like more of like a slump than a like a like a sign of things to come obviously he's got to recover from a pretty severe injury. And so that'll be the biggest hurdle for him next year, but I'm excited to get him back. And I, I don't have any, like I haven't lost faith in the guy at all. It was just not, not his best year. Uh, let's go to, let's go to Darius Williams, <laughs> which should be another fun one. I just 61.8 pro football focus grade. That was 64th among cornerbacks, which is not great. I. Uh, Probable Focus says uh, that he allowed 53 catches on 81 targets for 605 yards and three touchdowns this year. I believe that includes playoffs in their numbers, but I'm not 100% sure of that. Uh, He was a guy who played really, really well last year, and so our expectations were really high, uh, and he just didn't have it this year i guess like it, he wasn't terrible um he, i would like to have him back at the the price is right you know not someone i'd overpay for but the rams threw some money at him in this offseason. i'm not gonna be upset about it but it felt like a lot of the time like when the secondary was struggling it was him struggling like more often than not uh obviously there was the games early on with david long but once they replaced him like it was Williams who was the guy that was getting the blunt of the the targets that were being successful. And so – but but also, like, Sosa made a good point last week where he said, you know, how can you look good playing alongside Jalen Ramsey? And it's a fair point. Um, but Darius Williams looked good playing against Jalen Ramsey last season. And so I think I'm going to – I think I'm landing on a C-minus for Williams. Uh it was just it felt like you know when when the secondary had bad games, it was just him having a bad game uh not that he was the only culprit, but like if the secondary played bad, usually you there are multiple Darius Williams targets that were a part of it um again if they bring him back I'd be thrilled because he's gonna leave a hole if he's gone but uh this was a tough year tough year for him.
1: So if you go back to the 2020 season and you see how effective of a player he was, it's just a complete opposite of the player we saw in 2021, you know? And yes, the the point about Jalen Ramsey kind of shining while everyone else kind of pales in comparison that that's somewhat true. But again, Darius Williams was a highly touted player in, in 2020. It was to the point where I was very concerned about losing him, uh, you know, in in free agency this year. And I guess to an extent, I am a little concerned about losing him still, because again, there's not much money. There's not much, uh, you know, draft capital. So yeah, it is still a concern, but that's more along the lines of you know keeping bodies on the field or you know resorting to your backups and potentially at more unproven corners so that's not saying much but <laughs> at, at the same time you you look at the rams losing troy hill this past off season None of us were really that concerned. I mean, obviously, yes, losing Troy Hill sucked. But the Rams had Darius Williams still. So we were okay still. And that's not what we got in 2021 at all. And, you know, to be fair, there was, there was uh, a few games where he did step up quite a bit and played very well. But there were a lot more games where he was either disappointing or just a complete liability. And it was particularly games against teams like the 49ers where he was truly exposed. You you want him to step up and play better against those better teams. Yeah. <laughs> you you could even point out a few times in the Super Bowl as well, but then again, Jalen Ramsey didn't have a great performance either. If we're being totally honest, no, he didn't. He did not either. But uh, so, <laughs> so all that being said, um, considering expectations and what we got, I gave him an F.
2: <laughs> yeah i I thought about a D. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to give you any slack for giving him an F
1: because he was one of
2: our better players last year, and he was not one of our better players this year.
1: No, not at all. And, and again, you have to go in with the expectations. I, I don't know if it may be me, maybe I was expecting too much, but I don't think I was. I, I kind I kind of feel like he was supposed to be, you know, the compliment next to, to Jalen Ramsey. I, I didn't have any illusions that this was a pro bowler next to Jalen Ramsey, but still like he, it was such a major drop off. And I don't think, anyone could really say that that's not true um so yeah for me i, I got to give it a straight up f <laughs> you got to love an f <laughs> you got
2: to you got to love an an f um but you also hate it let's go to i think we got three more players i'd like to get to on this pod go to david edwards um starting left guard graded 68 on pro football focus i was 33rd among guards um, It's not bad. It's about middle of the pack. He allowed 35 pressures, which sounds like a lot. Is that a lot? Like, I haven't looked into, like, what the average player allows.
1: It's a little more than you'd like, but uh considering he's playing out of position and everything, that's something to keep in mind as well. He also allowed six sacks.
2: Is he playing out of position? This has been his position his whole career.
1: Well, I mean, really, he was drafted as a tackle, and – he, they moved him over to guard because, I mean, let's face it, he's not going to take uh, Whitworth or or Havenstein's spot. So, yeah, he it, it kind of is playing out of position.
2: Yeah, but I don't know. He's been their starting left guard for three years. I guess. So I, I don't know. I'm not giving him an out of position pass. Uh, I mean, take everything I say about, like, offensive line with a grain of salt because, like, I am not an offensive lineman expert. I will never act like I am uh i gave edwards a i think a b minus you know because the offensive line more or less this year felt pretty stable and he's a big part of that he's been here for three years uh he did you know fuck up a fair amount you know 35 pressures is, is not nothing um but not like in a way where I ever like felt like david edwards is a liability at all uh, and I think it's probably true for most of the offensive linemen on this team. besides besides, Whit, obviously he was a stud. Uh, they they got it done, and you know I I don't really can't really go higher than and I you, know, you could talk me into a B B plus, but I, it wasn't an A season by him. But it didn't need to be. Uh, I I was fine with this performance.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm kind of with you, Steve. I I said a B minus as well. Certainly wasn't perfect, but I felt like considering um how he played in 2020 i thought he did okay and this year i felt like he stepped up a little bit at times uh, but there was also times where he just wasn't that great so um yeah i think b minus is a fair grade uh, i mean he 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 geez <laughs> i can't talk right now okay <laughs> So, yeah, so as far as the offensive line is concerned, I feel like as a whole, the offensive line uh, did much better than anticipated. And, you know, there were moments where it could have been better, but I feel like overall, it was a lot better um, than what anybody could expect. So yeah, B minus I feel like is a fair grade. Um, overall.
2: Let's go to, uh, last two players to talk about today. Both captains start with Jordan Fuller, 113 tackles in the year, 63 solo led the team in total tackles. He was second in solo tackles, but he missed a game. Uh, and I think he finished one behind Taylor Rapp. So he probably would have led the team in it if he played every game. 74.3 74.3 pro football focus grade, 19th among safeties, which is very solid. He had the sixth highest run defense score for a safety. Uh, man, he comes in as a captain off of a, a – a, a, he got hurt last year, right? Uh, he didn't play the whole year?
1: Uh, I believe he played most of the year last year.
2: Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I'll find out later. But regardless – Second season as a Ram and he's basically called upon to be the anchor of this defense, not in like the Aaron Donald sense, but he gets the green dot. He's the vocal leader of this defense and he, he plays great. Uh, you know, it wasn't a perfect season, but I was really impressed by him, especially as a second year guy. You know, he's not a highly touted draft capital type player. It's a sixth round pick. Um, But she's really good, man. You know, I don't know if he's a guy that I think is going to develop into, you know, like an all-time great safety or anything like that. But I think he's going to be a really good safety for quite some time. And, you know, the Rams always let their safeties walk. So we'll see if all those years are spent here. But but for the time we have him, I'm really going to enjoy him. Uh, I give him an A-. minus. You know, just solid. Would have been nice time for the playoff run. But... Uh, unfortunately, things that work work out that way, but he was certainly a a big contributor to this championship this season.
1: Uh, so it, it's absolutely impressive that he he gets the green dot as a second year guy, and, and it, it shows you the amount of respect that the team overall has for him. You know, not just his fellow players, but the coaching staff as well. That's that's an awful lot of trust. For a guy that's coming into his second year, um, <laughs> that that's that's remarkable, actually. Uh, considering his rookie season, he he played really really well, and I think it was a bit of an adjustment for him because he was playing alongside of John Johnson, and then he also had Troy Hill for help. So I think. It was a bit of a struggle early on for him because he, you know that that's that's huge, that's a huge puzzle to miss there, and you know him kind of adjusting later on um, as the season went on. He, he performed a lot better, and then unfortunately he got hurt for the season. Um, I I think that. That being said, I felt like his coverage wasn't as good as it was last year. And, again, it could have been a mixture of the departing players. But, um, you know, still hell of a tackler for being a guy that, you know, was was good at coverage at times last year. Um, for me, I give him a B, uh, a solid B. Uh, maybe I was expecting a little bit too much, but um, – I think that's a good thing that's that's a real good thing because I feel like he's gonna continue to progress and get better um hopefully he heals up fast and uh he can have a a great third year
2: yeah i this one I wasn't totally sure about my a minus but i for most of the guys I gave lower grades, I remember coming out of the pot after games and criticizing them, I don't really remember doing that at Tom with Fuller this year, like, uh, I agree, his coverage wasn't as up to snuff, but I don't ever ex- anticipate him being, like, a lockdown, not, obviously not lockdown, is a safety, but, like, that kind of cover guy, um, ultimately, I th- think his strengths are going to be in just anchoring the defense and being a great tackler, and Lord knows we fucking need it, man, some of these guys don't like tackling, Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) Let's wrap up with number 99, Aaron Donald. (laughs) I wonder what we're going to give him this year. He was the number one graded defender at any position on defense, 93.5 on pro football focus. He's never been below a 90 on pro football focus. Now, the measurement of pro football focus is like pro Donald to like a fault. Uh, all all that metric does is give him ridiculously high grades every year but I mean everything else backs it up he's an all first team, all pro for the seventh straight year pro bowler for an eighth straight year never missed a pro Bowl um I mean the numbers 84 tackles 12 and a half sacks thir- 19 tackles for loss 25 QB hits in the playoffs he added another three and a half sacks 13 tackles nine QB hits um, I think Pro Football Focus had him at like 86 total pressures this year, which is just insane. Um, he's an a, he's an A plus. He'll probably be an A plus. Like, it's gonna be a sad day where we come on this post this podcast and give him anything but an A plus. Um, and I don't anticipate it happening next year. Uh, he's just this guy's this guy's a freak. He is probably the best defensive player I will watch in my entire life. Uh, and I'm just soaking up every minute of it.
1: Uh, without a doubt, this, this guy is a first ballot future hall of famer. If he were to retire, um, you know, this season, he could have retired two years ago and he might've been a first ballot hall of famer. No doubt about it. I mean, he's that impactful. I mean, um, we, he was one of the guys that you could, You that deserved the Super Bowl MVP because he turned it on when he absolutely needed to, but he did that all year long. Um, Obviously, Cooper Cup deserved MVP. He had a hell of a performance. Uh, Hell, he deserved to be MVP of the year, but uh, that's another that's another story. But as far as uh, Aaron Donald is concerned, like we've said it all, and if you've ever tuned into our podcast before chances are you've heard us gushing over the guy and why why not I mean this guy (laughs) he he continues to impress and and continues to dominate racking up accolades like nobody else could and I don't see that slowing down anytime soon so yeah absolutely a plus. I, there's really not much more you could say about the guy. I mean, he's you. You could say it, but he. Chances are, we've all, either already covered it or he's already done it. So, yeah, no questions asked. Aaron Donald is by far one of the best, if not the best, player in football.
2: Like I, I wonder if there, like, is there a player who has made the Pro Bowl every year in their career, um. Yeah, that's a, actually, that's yes, that's a good question. Uh, Barry Sanders did it. I found that pretty quickly. Ah. <laughs> Might not be the only guy. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that tracks. Um, I don't know if he's the only guy, but yeah, like I mean, Donald, if he retired today, like, he's probably one of the ten best defensive players ever, at least. Um, certainly of the modern era. Uh, I mean, like, you talk about modern era guys, it's LT, it's probably Reggie White, and then it might be Aaron Donald, uh, he might be at that high up there already, uh, he's just, in like, I, you said, like, people listen to the podcast heard us gushing over him, but like, <laughs> we don't gush over him that much, because there's like, there's not much to talk about, it's like, every week it's like, oh, there's Aaron Donald, playing great, <laughs> like, but what else are we going to say? uh even with the grades every year we come on here and i feel like we just have bigger discussions about him because we don't appreciate him enough during the year like we just come on we talk about how much how great he is how much we we don't appreciate him enough but shit man he's just i don't know <laughs> there really isn't much else to say literally <laughs> um I skipped Oboe. We'll move him to another list. <laughs> we are gone a long time. We'll be back. Hey, you got, are you got anything else here, Johnny, before we wrap up?
1: Bring back the savior.
2: We better, man. I mean, literally, I, I if we had to choose between him and Darius Williams, I'd choose him.
1: Yeah, no question.
2: I think any free agent besides von miller and maybe odell i'd say brandon powell should be
1: a higher priority
2: all the offensive linemen brandon powell more important
1: wow that's saying a lot there
2: all right well you guys know where to find us uh follow us on twitter at talk rams at superbaro at johnny5not6 and we'll be back with round two of grades next week
1: Sean Payton, keep talking that mm-hmm. we do going to see him soon. You mm-hmm. feel me?